Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Will Leverson, uh, Sports Bar Weekly here. Got a great show uh, here for you guys today. This week's show, um, Parity Part 2, uh, The Legend Continues. And what we have here at this point and what we're referencing is a yeah, ODSPN Sports Illustrated article came out now about 10 years or so ago uh, talking about parity in the NFL. And at the point that the article was written uh, for the New England Patriots and Green Bay Packers and some of the um, teams such as those were pretty much every year. And some people say, well, the Packers are still running away. What we're talking about is the competitive uh, level of other teams within divisions to really compete at a high level um, where they're giving some of these mainstays a run. You fast forward now to this part in the future. We have a lot of talented quarterbacks in the league. Uh, as it has been since there's been professional sports, and it will be until there's not, there are levels, you know, as, 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 as often uh, cited in, 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 in slang and in real life that, you know, um, that often, that oftentimes when it comes down to, you know, people being better or, 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 or having these tears, that there are levels to this. And what we mean is that nearly every professional, like, quarterback or player or whatever position that you have, like, they beat out such a already small percentage of people that can perform at that high level that by the time they get to the NFL, you know, they're finding that their 4-3 speed that was the best out of eight teams, you know, in college is like pretty much par for the course for like every position, right? You got a linebacker, right, that runs a 4-4. There's going to be a lineman 20 pounds heavier that can run just as fast. And, 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 and with some of the, the uh, linear movements and, and, and things where, uh, where they're having to um, have all this mobility and flexibility and reaction time, like there are some great athletes, man, professional athletes, that while they may not be the, the MVP front runner, their skills and everything, like you can win games with these guys, right? Or with these players, I should say. And so that's become... You know, at, at, at first it seems like that is more of a colloquialism, like an empty colloquialism. Like, everybody's a winner. Every cloud has a silver lining. Well, like, in the days where parity was very poor, you could say that. Now, not so much, man. These teams are competing. They have players that have the skills to truly pay the bills, man, where you have some of these, some of these movements. It doesn't have to be uh, the high-impact player of a Micah Parsons. Um, you know, it could be a Kyle Vanderesh who goes to another team, and while he may not be Micah, he gets to another team, and now those skills are on display, highlighted, and now Vanderesh is, is, you know, the second you know, highest tackling linebacker in all of football. And so it's those sorts of, of, of ability for, for these players that they have that it's masterful to see how a lot of teams and their acquisitions are able to take a look at these skills, get these guys on the team, and then it works out, you know, as well as it can be. And then there's other teams you can clearly see that are a little bit more traditional in their approach that like a Green Bay Packers, for example, Green Bay will never... And I shouldn't say never. It has not been 
from antiquity, I shouldn't say antiquity, but from the before time and the long, long ago until the broadcasting of this episode, right? The Green Bay Packers will not have been looked at as a first destination for top-tier talent. For example, Odell Beckham, I'm sure, would not mind to ever play with Aaron Rodgers as a competitor, as a receiver that likes to 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 have his targets and things. I'm sure that Odell Beckham, if he had his in his heart of hearts, could be on a team with Aaron Rodgers today. I'm sure if I'm sure if it was up to Aaron Rodgers, and he had an ability to say, you know what, give me this guy, give me this guy, give me this guy for a couple weeks, and I'll change him out myself. If he had that ability, one of those weeks. He would choose Odell Beckham to throw the ball to. I'm, I am more than willing to bet both those gentlemen's paychecks, and if they had it their way, they would at least like to play with each other for a season or for a time to try to win. I'm more than confident of it. But that, like, that's just the thing, right? Like, Green Bay's not going to make those moves, right? So let's see, let's see the, some of the hallmark talent moves that um, Green Bay was able to make. And some they had got Jimmy Graham, who was a you know a great tight end, great target for Drew Brees. Um, um, competed at a high level, but Jimmy Graham was not a part of the Super Bowl Saints. He came later on, and while using his his leaping ability, um, natural given height, and things for a few handfuls of seasons, was a great target um, there. Um, Jimmy Graham ended up on Green Bay. And you would think with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, man, that at that point in time, maybe Jimmy Graham was still a a serviceable target um, for a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. It didn't end up panning out that way. Um, Jimmy Graham uh, wasn't a, I mean, he was a great target, but he wasn't a big component to the Packers' success in the time when he was on the team. And so that's where that conversation went, right? So we take a look at anyone else. Well, you know, who else have they had? Um, they had one of the Bennett brothers, uh, tight end, uh, Marcellus Bennett. I think it was Marcellus, yeah. And they did have him for a time. Uh, I think actually Marcellus came to the team after the uh, Packers had their Super Bowl against uh Pittsburgh and Aaron Rodgers beat Ben Roethlisberger or the, or the Packers beat uh, the, the Steelers and there was that one for history the Packers and Steelers meet the Super Bowl and the Packers win right with Aaron Rodgers Greg Jennings um, at all but their acquisitions in the aftermath of making it to the Super Bowl winning a Super Bowl and then trying to duplicate that success in the postseason they added these talents to the team that didn't pan out not in not where it translates to um, that talent coupled with Aaron Rodgers' ability uh, to get the ball down the field of his playability. None of those equaled up to a return to the Super Bowl. Where in that same time frame, you do have teams, you do have a whole Tom Brady out there, okay? And maybe this is truly, you know, there, there's a such thing as a matchup that is optimal you, you say a matchup made in heaven but truly um, there are some situations where the coach may not be particularly like that guy or the quarterback may not be particularly that guy or any of the positions the the, the middle linebacker the strong free safety top corner like they may not have been like the 
absolute like best. But their skills with what the coach is able to do in a scheme, you know, as 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 Bill Belichick uh, once famously said in an interview there that you know it's his time with Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells like had his like his players, his ideal player of at a position. You want a person like this, or you want a person. Uh, that has a particular set of skills, like that's what you're looking for in that position. For example, the Hall of Fame defenses, man, that the Ravens had from the 2000s to the mid to late uh, part of the uh, of the early 2000s here. So from 2000 to when Ray Lewis, uh, to when Baltimore gets their um, championship with Joe Flacco, the Ravens had two of, you know, when I say arguably, because there's a lot of great talent out there. But honestly, for a time, there wasn't two defensive players that you can put together where it made sense between Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. You had two, not just captains, but two people with an ability to find ball carriers or the ball. Ray Lewis had a lot of interceptions, guys. It wasn't just hard hits and that sort of thing and T-Suggs and those guys that were... Man, those guys had a defense, man, like out of this world. Out of this world sci-fi, man, to the tune that they were able to win a Super Bowl with a quarterback that threw for far less than 200 yards and one touchdown, man. Like, that is something that is real, undeniable, have happened. And my goodness, we have not been able to have, there hasn't been anything like it. There have been great defenses. Don't get me to lying to you. That Rams defense that we saw that was led by Aaron Donald and Von Miller, great defense, but had no... No close comparison to the many years. It's not just in a championship year. Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Haloti Nata. Uh, my goodness. Uh, those, those, that core of the defensive core of the Ravens was so good for so long. They, now, the Bears have had some great defenses led by Brian Urlacher. Uh, 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 I believe it was a uh, was it, no, not Barry Mitchell's a long time ago. My goodness, now my now my old Bears is getting in my new Bears. Um, but the Bears had some great defenses too. The the Bears had a defense that the, where, where the the Peyton Manning's first championship where the Colts played the Bears. The Bears were one of the highest defensive scoring teams in that year. They were like. As compared to those Ravens defensive teams, they are about the closest facsimile that you can get without having, you know, the sort of impact that both Ray Lewis and Ed Reed had. There are points where Ed Reed's ability, you know, being called a land shark and wasn't just a trendy nickname. Like the guy had ability and an ability to find that football, get that bad boy, run it in and score it, man. Like, like legitimately legitimately the Ravens had two walking cheat codes on defense one guy that had knowledge and an ability was not just intimidating but able to play with force physicality tenacity and with poison and ordered chaos like they they were good to get you're, you're not going to get that if you do it, it, it's going it has to be so completely different where either it's going to be better 
or a little bit, you're not, you, we will not be able to see that. Just as in basketball, there, you know, there's been many a great shooter. There's been many a conversation where you got uh, Sam Perkins, Dirt and Whiskey, um, of course, Kobe, man, God rest his soul. Steve Franchise, man, T Mac, um, Anthony Hardaway. Man, some guys that can score and play the ball, man. But we're going to all agree that it, the, the, the ability that we'll have to see a team where you have shooting like we have with the current iteration of the Golden State Warriors, there's a good chance that we're not going to get that collection of talent on one team playing together and hitting uh, you know, high-efficiency shots, man, at that clip. Like, there are just some things that we won't get, and that's fine, man. Joe Montana, you know, before we have Tom Brady's entry as the greatest, Joe Montana can hang his resume up there and you talk about a GOAT quarterback, and he wasn't ever, he wasn't ever far from the conversation, never, ever. You know, there's a lot of people who still say, man, Joe Montana is the man. Like, Tom Brady, yeah, has more rings, but there are going to be people who say, man, Joe's the man. And it's not that they would be wrong in that. It is a great opinion to have because of the talent and playability. But look at the space and time between Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Like that's a that's that you don't get to see that uh, very often. You you won't get it. We won't we won't get a chance to see it. But when it comes down, man, to this parody and where we're at now, there's some great defenses in between uh, the the 49ers. The Chargers now of adding Khalil Mack. Green Bay's defense is a decent one. My goodness, so is Tampa Bay's defense. You, the, you know, the even the Kansas City Chiefs. We are so used to seeing Patrick Mahomes do matchful things in the ball. We fail to forget that the defense still has to stop people from scoring to put their team position to where Patrick Mahomes can play well, go and throw four touchdowns, and it won't be two of them trying to catch up to the other team. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where, you know, we've got there's a lot of great football, and it's and it's good that it's no longer where a prohibitive team like the Bills and how they're constructed, right? Around their talented quarterback and Josh Allen. Like, it's refreshing to see that they're just not running away by and large with their division, the conference, and all of football. It's also refreshing to see the team like the Rams, right? That, you know, last season had some a lot of key pieces that were in place to help that team be in the best possible position uh, to win a Super Bowl. A lot of those, some of those pieces are no longer there or operational for the team of the Rams in the same capacity. And we're not seeing that there is a drop off of quality. It's not like, well, the Rams are, are not as good and the rest of the teams are, are, you know, no, there are teams that are able to fill in quite well. My goodness, how great is it that you can look at a team that has somebody like Tom Brady who recently won a Super Bowl, you can look at that team and say, yes, they're good, they're great, they're good, but they're not the best team in the NFC. You're like, what? How could that be? And you have, well, you do have Aaron Rodgers. Are, are, are the Packers the best team in the NFC? Yeah, I know. Right now, the best team in the NFC that is playing has, has, has shown a playability to win by large margin, especially with all phases, meaning, meaning between offense, defense, special teams. Everybody's been taking care of their job since last season. That's going to be the Eagles, man.
right now, it's not just because of recency bias or them winning, you know, games right now. And no, realistically, since last season, since early last season until the beginning of this season, the Eagles have been a complete team. They have played well with each other, and they've only matured now under under, under Jalen Hurts. Now there's a lot, there's some expectation of what you can expect from Jalen. Put together the type of games that he has. His game has grown. His team has grown with him. That is why we're saying that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Now that doesn't mean that Matt Stafford and the Rams can't figure something out. That doesn't mean that the Green Bay Packers um, and their search for a team after letting many of their key pieces go. There's, there's nothing saying that Aaron Rodgers' ability isn't going to be to put that team in a super great position to win ball games. What we're saying is, is that realistically, right now, in all of the NFC, the team that's playing the best right now are the Philadelphia Eagles, and then followed by all others. I can't put Green Bay or Tampa Bay one over the other. I really can't. So I'd have to say that my clear second best team in all the NFC is going to be the LA Rams. Return of Super Bowl champs, winning some games, going to have to win out in that division. They have some competition. We'll see how they play a tougher opponent in the Seahawks. We'll see how that team responds, how how the next team that we're saying should be up on, on, on those uh, NFC West rankings there. We'll see how the 49ers respond to early season injury of their um, newly coined franchise quarterback. We'll see how Jimmy G fills in. Uh, for whatever eventuality, whether it's, you know, if he's filling in, he's doing great only to, only to go the Nick Foles way and still have the team be turned over into who the team sees as the next best uh, or, or, or their next big ticket, right? But realistically, no, the 49ers are not in a position where they should be considered a better team in the NFC than the team that's winning right now, the Eagles, neither the Packers. The Packers in a game like they won against Tampa Bay. That was a game that, once again, in that winning way of games, yes, there's going to be close games. No, they're not all going to be blowouts. No, it can't happen. But there are some games where it's going to be very telling of how you played. Uh, you know when they say you play to the level of your opponent? Well, that's Tom Brady there and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers against a team that had so many of their impact offensive weapons depleted that game should have been won by a larger margin than that. And what we're saying is that we have Russ winning a game with 11 points. We have Aaron Rodgers winning a game 14 to 12 against Tom Brady. Um, there's a lot of close games that have been had here by elite level quarterbacks where either it's the quarterback that's not able to get the ball down the field and that they're, they're, that they're ability has we won't use the word regression but it's just not as strong as it was or either there's components missing to each of their games that are not allowing them to put up points that they should be putting up because you could say the same thing for tom brady my goodness tom there was no way that you could pull this game out and get apparently not apparently there's delay of game caused by someone's inattention to the game and the ability to tie the game or up that point, force it into overtime was lost because, once again, components of a team were not there. And so 
hats off to the Green Bay Packers for pulling out that win. Let's just see how the rest of the season progresses. Let's see if the Packers are on a team that they should be able to, I won't say handily beat, but the Packers still didn't score 30 points against the Bears. 27, did score 27. But if you're telling me, are there any indicators that the Green Bay Packers may not be able to score points enough in, in, in meaningful games in the postseason where their defense is able to hold a team to 12 points, then that means that, yes, okay, you just need to score, they just need to score more. Against talent in the regular season that's just not as strong as it's going to be in the postseason, those efforts are fine to win your 13th, 14th ball game, put your team in position to maybe have a bye. But that same inability to score, when you get up against the teams that are able to put it on you, that's when you're going to become woefully apparent that this inability to score during the regular season has only bled over into the postseason. So let's see where the Packers go from here. They have got to prove that they can at least score 30 points with someone. If they can't, you're talking about trying to win a close game when you don't have the same level of impact players that some of these other teams have. Let's say Green Bay makes it back to the Super Bowl. There's going to be nothing that that team has in that situation that was more than what the Bengals had. And if you're telling me that quarterback to quarterback, both quarterbacks at some point um, in their careers had a problem with holding on to the ball, either that's because in the case of Joe Burrow, he doesn't have maybe the targets that he'd like. In the case of Aaron Rodgers, not being able to score points may be pointing to the fact that Aaron is not able to just simply work with the talent he's given. We've seen Tom Brady not be able to do it. We're asking too much of these players to just make it do with what it is, make it do with what it does. You can't do that. You got to either retain your top talent or go get someone that your quarterback can really – my goodness, Odell Beckham still doesn't have a job, and yet we have teams that are struggling to put up points because they don't have the weapons. But let's see what decision-makings will be made here. Let's see what what other drives toward parity around the league um, we'll, that we'll see in these next upcoming weeks. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's been the show. I'm Will Leverson. This is Sports Spot Weekly. Please listen and share. Thank you and take care.